There are conversations that he didn't have while he was an employee. And there are new conversations that come to you, business opportunities that come to you as a business owner that you don't even get an opportunity to witness or even participate in. So, you know, it's just a different type of life and you just are treated differently when you're bringing in a significant amount of money. Hey, nurses. I'm Kiana. And I'm Crystal. And this is the Nurse Boss Shift, where a shift happens. We're here to help you shift your title from employee nurse to boss nurse. Step into your power as an entrepreneur and build a highly profitable business using the skills you already have and learn some new ones along the way. Let's get into it. Hey, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Nurse Boss Shift. Um, My name is Crystal Parker, and I, as you see, my business bestie, Kiana, is not in today. She is um, enjoying her family's anniversary today. So I have the pleasure of uh, talking to Ms. Doris DK. Uh, She is a healthcare attorney based out where you be stay Dallas, Texas. Dallas, I thought so. Yeah. I thought so. Um, based out of Dallas, Texas, one of my favorite cities. <laughs> um, so she's going to talk to us today about healthcare, medical practices, and just things that maybe as nurses we can watch out for so that we can protect ourselves when trying to start these type of businesses. So welcome, Doris. Thank How you are you for doing today? Me. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I was talking to Crystal before we started because Crystal and I met in person at a nurse conference. So it's so nice to put a a beautiful face to the brand. So yeah, so I'm super excited to be here. Yay. Okay, Doris, so just give us a little bit about your background and what you um, are currently doing and what you love to do as far as healthcare law is concerned. Give us the deets on all of that. All right. So I am Doris DK. Um, I'm a healthcare business attorney. Um, So DK Law Group is a Dallas-based healthcare business law firm. Um, we have clients kind of all over, but Dallas is our, you know, Texas is our, our hub. Um, prior to this law firm, I was general counsel of a hospital, a rural hospital in North Carolina. I was chief legal officer there. And that hospital, like I said, was rural. They had doctors, nurses. It was owned by um, an entrepreneur, not a provider. So I always tell my providers when I'm like, <laughs> yeah. y'all, people are getting into mm-hmm. these businesses and they're not even clinical at all. So yes. he wasn't, he just was a savvy business owner who could see a need and, um, and partnered the, the COO was a nurse. And, um, so I was their chief legal officer. Before that I was, you know, a, a firm attorney, um, doing health law, And then before that, I was compliance officer for two regional and then a national um, home health care company. So I have a lot of healthcare experience. And then I'm married to a neurologist. I, my husband's a physician. I started his neurology practice in 2018. So we've been in business for five years. I think it's crazy, but yeah, we now have two locations and, you know, we're, we're growing. So I, I know what it's like. Yes, yes. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. And that you are so <clears throat> even clo- more closely related to healthcare um, through through legal and also on the side of owning it with your husband. So Absolutely. you have the best or you have both worlds. So you can kind of see from that, that perspective. Um, a lot of the times, and as you were just talking about savvy businessmen who, who are coming in and 
um, start opening this business. Tell me about a, why do you think that, or have you seen that healthcare professionals are more timid and scared when it comes to starting businesses? And then also, what do you think about this boom in med spa and um, the med spa industry? Have you seen a big boom oh, yeah. in the med spa industry since you started? Um, so I think it's because maybe entrepreneurs who are not in healthcare don't know healthcare, right? They know money. Mm-hmm. And right. entrepreneurs, when they see an opportunity, they take it where providers are always, you know, they've got more to lose. They've got a license that they have, um, and maybe they haven't seen the business. So for my husband, he had to help grow the practice that he was working at before. So he had to bring in his own patients. Like, yeah, they gave him some, but not really. So when you are bringing in your own patients, you feel more comfortable to start something on your own. Versus someone who just kind of sits there and patients are being fed to you. So um, I'm not surprised. You know, healthcare is an industry that's a lot more stable than other industries. You know, we saw a lot of people lose jobs in IT, which everybody thought was so stable, but you're always going to need some sort of healthcare. So when you're thinking about what to invest in and you're an entrepreneur, you're going to go, okay, what does, what does everybody need? What makes money? And what also I think entrepreneurs think is there's so many verticals in healthcare. There's um, the med spas, there's rural health, there is, you know, there's behavioral health. There's just so many parts of healthcare that you can kind of get into. You can get into staffing. So I just think that there's, you know, people who are good at business will find ways to make money. And even if their one healthcare business doesn't work, they'll just jump into another healthcare business because it's a stable market. What do I think about the boom in med spas? I think that people are vain. <laughs> so that's just what it is. I mean, we all want to look good. We all want to feel good. And I think that the boom is going to continue. And I, you know, when I was at my last firm, I didn't realize how much of a boom the med spa industry was. And that's like 20 18, 2019, I wrote an article for one of our local magazines. And then I just started getting flooded with calls on med spas. I'm like, what the heck? Didn't realize at the time then that Texas was like the med spa state. <laughs> Apparently it is. But um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, I think that we're always looking for ways just to make ourselves look better. And people are always going to spend money to look good. So I'm finding more providers are, even traditional providers are looking for ways to add aesthetics into their business. Can they add Botox? As my husband does Botox for migraine. He's like, okay, can I do Botox for, you know, other parts of the face? And I'm like, and I look at him, I'm like, do you know how, how to do that? I would be a little scared, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, what I find providers in all areas are trying to find ways that are cash pay because they, you know, they're tired of insurance. So if aesthetics allows you to do that, it brings patients in. Why not? It's funny you say that because um, someone was just telling me, I was telling them like, oh, I need to find a new like gyne clinic. And she's like, oh, there's this one and they do OB and gyne and then they do Botox and fillers. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so now you get like a pap smear and some Botox at the same time. It's like, and, and, and that's so true because I was telling you, we just did a webinar for our IV hydration class. And this time we haven't gotten this question, um, 
a lot, but this time it was multiple people asking about insurance, billing insurance. And I'm like, you guys do not want to deal with insurance. You want to deal with cash pay. Like you, if you haven't dealt with insurance, trust me, you don't want to. Yeah. Um, so that's so true that uh, why practitioners will be trying to add on more cash-based business, like you said, um, cash-paying business to their practice. Um just to add that extra income income to it. Yes. Um, so I wanted to ask you, for a nurse who is interested in starting their own um, healthcare clinic, what would be, and a lot of our, the nurses we talk to are just so, so scared and feel, fearful, which goes back to what you were saying. The business owner um, may not know all the intricacies or all the risks that is in healthcare. So they're able to just kind of do it blindly, if you will. Um, of course, they have those people on their team who will be able to assist them. But for someone who is a nurse starting out and nurses are just so scared because I think it's so ingrained in us in nursing school. I know for doctors, my medical director in medical school, they are kind of anti starting your own business um, because of the risks. But what would you say to a practitioner who's wanting to start a business, but they're just so scared of something happening to their license or something going wrong? What advice would you give them? Because I find fear is like a, one of the number one um, things that's stopping uh, nurses from starting their own businesses. Ooh, I think this is such a good question. I think that my last job as chief legal officer of a rural hospital, my eyes were like wide open. Um, because again, the owner of the hospital was not clinical. And outside, because he had some billing issues. I think that's why he had some financial issues, but the hospital was making $1.5 million a month. This is with like 3,000 patients, because the way that you bill for rural clinics and rural hospitals are different. So I think that you have to just jump, right? When you see, sometimes, you know, when we read like Forbes and we read all these magazines of all these people, we look at these people and we think that they're so like super and they're so great, but these are regular people. These are regular people who are ready to take the risk and believe in themselves. And when you have the right team, you've got the right team on your side, you should just do it because there is so much money to be made. Now, insurance is a monster. I'm not even going to say that it's not. Um, and you can get denied. I mean, that's something that my previous boss had a lot of issues with. But at the same time, you can make a lot of money. You get someone who knows what they're doing right. So it's just making sure that you have the right team. So if it's the right coaching team, if you want to bill insurance and you want to have an insurance-based business, because you know it's you know, it's very lucrative. Get the right billers. Um, Cause it just, there's just a little, there's a lot of money to be made in healthcare. And when you see the amount of money, I just, for me, it's like, you, you don't, you can't be, you can't be scared. You just need to just do it because it's, it's a, if people only knew the amount of revenue that you could really make, you would just swallow the fear and do what you need to do. Right. Because it's it it could really change your life. Like if you think about the owner of HCA. Back, 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 way back in the day, he was a physician. He started in rural healthcare, started buying rural hospitals. HCA is a multi-billion dollar company now. Right. But you got to start somewhere. And if you're if you're that person who wants to be the little nurse or the little doctor and you don't want to get there, then you. You forgo getting a seat at the table. Like you forgo opportunities that just come to you. 
like, again, my husband is a physician. There are conversations that he didn't have while he was an employee. And there are new conversations that come to you, business opportunities that come to you as a business owner that you don't even get an opportunity to witness or even participate in. So, you know, it's just a different type of life and you just are treated differently when you're bringing in a significant amount of money. So, you know, I don't know. We got real debt here, so <laughs> it's got to be paid. Right, right, right. And student loans. Yeah. Uh, that is um, so amazing that you said that um, because you just have to jump. And we tell nurses all the time, you just have to jump and have the right team around you. Uh, because once you take that first step in, in entrepreneurship, you have no, like you said, these conversations that happen or people um, think of you and say, oh, I know someone who does that. And they they hook you up with the next opportunity. Um, it's yeah, I think I think once for myself, once I got a taste of that, it was like, oh, no, there's no going back. There is, you know, making like doing Botox for a party of five people making, you know, four thousand dollars in a couple hours. Right. An hour or two. It's yeah. like what mind blowing. And then someone someone um, referred me. Oh, she does high IV hydration. So this company, this spot up in um, Seattle flew me up and now I'm on their team to help put on, make their practice, their day spot, a medical practice. Like I never thought, now I'm a nurse consultant. Like who would have known? And it's all with just taking the first step. Um, and that's so important that you talked about the team because it is about having a team around you and everyone who comes on here from whether legal or healthcare or um, consultants, they all say how important coaching is and having the right team about um, around you. And I know I was looking at your TikTok and I heard you talking about what to look out for coaching um, programs. So I want to talk a little bit about that yes. too, because we always talk about how important coaching programs are. Um, and there are some risks and people can get scammed, which is why Kiana and I are so, um, so diligent about making sure people get the best value out of our program so that, because we know we've been there, we've been scammed, we've, you know, all the things. Talk about coaching and what you were saying about people should watch out for. So, you know, I am a huge proponent of coaching because we don't know how to get to the goal because we've never been to the goal. So it's important to talk to people who've been there, but every program is not the same. So before I'm a huge believer, but before you sign some, whatever program that you sign is you talk to people. Like I have a client right now. I'm not going to go into too much detail. She joined a program and what they said she was going to get is not what she got. And we had to be very aggressive with the program. And this is not like a small pro it's a big company. And, um, she lost a lot of money. Like she lost a lot of money and it appeared on paper that, oh, I'm just going to have to put in, you know, a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand dollars. And in the short term, it seemed like it wasn't a lot of money. But when you look at what she got and how much money she put forth and how much money she had to continue to put forth over the course of years, it just was like, it just didn't make any sense. And I think that people, they see the appeal in the, oh, I'm only going to have to spend a little bit of money. And sometimes it's, you know, the, the cost that you're spending, you're getting what you paid for, right? And I'm a huge believer in, hey, why not talk to your lawyer, talk to your accountant? I'm not a coach. I'm, I can't sell you the program. But 
I know Crystal, I know Kiana, I know a whole bunch of other coaches. And I can say, yeah, these are good programs. I know these people. I don't know that person. I can't jump on the phone and talk. Like there are some coaches where you cannot jump on the phone and talk to them. Like you're talking to an assistant. You never speak to them. That's a problem. I need to ask you a question. So, you know, I, I say that talk to people who can be an object, objective third party who have nothing financially to gain from it, who can tell you, hey, I know this person. They're good. I I've heard about this company. I don't know, but I've heard might want to steer clear of that situation because I've had people come to me, clients who've again gotten into programs and you know they're like, "Oh my gosh, I feel like I lost my shirt." I'm like, "Yeah. It is yeah. what it is." That's horrible. Yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's definitely best that you get testimonials and talk to people who have been in the program um and really like you said, do your due diligence to look at everything that you're getting and make sure that it makes financial sense. Um, yeah. Cause if so a couple hundred bucks, it's not that big of a deal. Right. Right. But it, when it gets into the thousands and then, you know, people, people prey on people, especially like spending their, their last or in getting, dipping into their retirement. And that's, that's just such unfair practices. So yeah, yeah I just wanted our, our listeners to be able to hear something that they can do um, to be able to vet uh, potential coaches that are out there. I, I think one is do a thorough under like, yeah, look at testimonials, but the best thing that you can do is before you sign the agreement, again, talk to your lawyer about it. Why I say that is because most bars attorneys cannot get paid a referral fee. Like I can't. So if I can't get paid a fee to refer you someone, I'm going to genuinely refer somebody because I like them or because they're, they do good work. It's not because I'm getting a financial benefit of them. But even if I don't know it, if I look at the agreement and you and I are talking about it, I'm going to break it down and say, does this make sense financially for you? That's to me the best way that you can vet something. Um, because like you, Crystal, you you know good vendors. If your clients come to you, you're going to say, don't do this, do this. Same thing with me. It's good to talk to a trusted advisor before you spend the money because we're going to be able to direct the people in the in the right way because I'm hearing it from my clients and I'm going to be able to tell you you're hearing it from your clients. And I think that's the best way to vet because otherwise you don't really know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now we all know that, you know, there are some risks involved in starting medical practice and practices and, and going off on our own um, things like that with medical directors. If you're a nurse, what are some ways we can protect ourselves in our medical practices to make sure that we are protected, don't get sued? Um, and is there also, uh, I guess, I don't want to say like a sneaky way, but is there something that you want to say, I just want to let you guys know that this could potentially happen um, so that we can safeguard our practices? Oh, that's such a good question. The one thing I always say above all else is know the medical director that you're with. There are companies that you can, can match. I've referred people to matching companies. It is what it is if you can't find someone. But it is a world of a difference if I know you, I like you, and I trust you. You know, um, I have represented doctors, obviously, and I represent nurses. And I've represented entrepreneurs who, when I'm representing the doctor, the entrepreneur is screwed because the one thing I'll say is you get screwed if you're not abiding by the law, right? If you are abiding by the state law, 
we know what the law is. And if there's a disagreement, it's going to revert back to the law. It, it's what happens when you decide that you're going to do what you want to do. You do what you want to do and you decide you're not going to revert back to the law. That doctor now, and if the doctor knows a law, now if that doctor knows a law and you decide to do something else, then if there's a dispute, you guys are fighting, whatever, he's just going to pull the law on his side. So that's, to me, the best protection is if you're doing things by the letter, then we have a dispute. We're going to go back on the contract. We're going to go back to the law. And I know the law. I know what I'm owed. I'm protected. It's when you decide to do something else, you don't have proper documents together. You're not abiding by the law. Then you're kind of holding the bag. Um, and that's doctor or nurse, because I've seen it go both ways. So um, I don't necessarily think there's a sneaky way. I think it's find a doctor that you know, like, and trust. Somebody who wants to see you win, right? They're, they're invested in you. And then make sure that above all else, if you're following the law, then you should have no issue because at the end of the day, nurses, I see nurses as just entrepreneurs under the laws of most states. If other entrepreneurs are able to make millions starting these types of businesses, you are no different, right? If they're able to protect your business, so should you. So, you know, the laws are in place to benefit you. So take advantage of them and, and follow it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so true. That's why we tell our clients that we tell them how to make their practices compliant and how to open in the most compliant way. Now, will they tell us, I got a drip from this company and they never did a GFE, a good faith exam on me. Yes, that's probably right. But we are going to tell you how to do it compliantly because when you follow the laws, like you said, then you mitigate all the risks, right? Um, same as we do in the hospital, it's no different. We follow the same laws and doctor's orders, et cetera, et cetera, in the hospital. All we're doing that is taking it and putting it into our own practice. So it just baffles me how nurses are so scared to get around that. It's like, if you're being safe, as you are at work with your patients and 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 doing and abiding by doing no harm, then you will be okay. It's when you go outside of that and and think that um, you don't have to consult with your medical director or you know you could do things this way and you know get by a little bit. Eventually, it might come back to to haunt you. And that's why it's also so important to have a specifically healthcare attorney who can walk you through that um, if you are in business. And I know that. Kiana and I have both learned from starting these businesses is that there is definitely a difference between a healthcare lawyer and the other lawyer <laughs> and every other lawyer, because, because I know Kiana always tells the story about how she had to set up her corporation three times because she just kept getting lawyer after lawyer, not realizing that she had to have a healthcare um, law attorney who gets and understands the law around this space, especially since med spa and these practices come, sometimes the laws can just seem pretty vague mm -hmm. um, and it's up to everyone's interpretation on what it means. Uh, so can you speak to the difference for people who don't know that all lawyers aren't created the same? Oh my and gosh. That's especially if you're setting up a practice to get a healthcare law attorney to do so. You know what? And it's so funny that you say that because you would be surprised. Lawyers will email me and say, hey, Doris, can you give me some guidance on this? And they will take the person's money and pose like they know what they're talking about. I say that because you are absolutely right. You want somebody who can quickly give you answers. If someone does not do this all the time, they're not going to be able to give you guidance. It just is. If you don't do something all the time, are you able to give your patient guidance? No. So it's the same thing. Like they 
They kind of might know something if they look like, but they're, but they, but they don't know. They really, really don't know. And, you know, it's funny. I had one client years ago. He was a PA. He was trying to start up a business. And I was telling him Texas law for PAs and, and MD starting businesses. Um, we have some type of, some type of workarounds, but it's not too, it, it doesn't go too much on the other side. And he would just keep fighting me. He's like, well, I use, my friend uses one healthcare attorney was not, just was a business attorney. He kind of just put it on their website. So I was like, let's, let's go call him. Let's email him. So I emailed him and I was like, I heard that you did this, blah, 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 blah. And then I just put the law. I was like, how did you get around this law? And I CC'd my client and it was like a lot of stumbling and a lot of confusion. And I, and I told him, I'm like, look, Unless you are willing to sign what I call a CYA, then I'm going, I always tell my clients, I'm going to go black letter law. Everything I write is going to be based on the law within your state. And I'm not going to change it. If you want to do something else, that's on you. But what I will write will be the law because today we write it. You guys are working together. You have a great relationship with your medical director or your business partner. Three years down the line, you might have a dispute. You want to be able to say, my contract is solid. You want to be able to have, to turn to your attorney and they know what they're talking about and they can jump on the phone and talk to the medical director or talk to a business partner and explain it. Your regular business attorney does not know how to do that. And they, um, you know, some of them might be kind of familiar, but they just, you know, you need someone who's competent because when your medical director has questions and that business attorney can't answer, they're going to not want to work with you. Something that I say all the time, like your medical director always gets nervous. They're like, they, they want to help you out, but they don't want to lose their license. And if your attorney doesn't know what they're talking about, they're going to be saying, you don't know what you're doing. And until you know what you're doing, we're not going to work together. Absolutely. So. You're absolutely correct in that. Um, <clears throat> it does go, scare them off and it will scare the <laughs> potential medical directors off. And we, um, I believe she, she took one of our classes or Kiana's class, but there was a student um, who was basically she had went to a, an attorney and the attorney was um, had this crazy organizational chart and was like, how do you want me to set, set up your M MSO? And she was sending it from another attorney group that we work with. And so um, Kiana was telling her, like, first of all, if it's a healthcare attorney, they wouldn't be sending you this saying, how do you want me to set it up? They would be telling you that. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I just, yeah, I just want to caution nurses out there. Um, like Doris is saying, they should be able to answer your questions without thinking about it. They should not have to get back to you. They should not be asking you how you want it set up. They should be telling you what's best for you to set it up based on your situation. Exactly. Um, so I just want all the listeners out there to make sure that um, you hear me in saying that and don't waste your money on someone, and we tell our students, your most expensive fee in starting this business is going to be legal, but it's for that reason, because you want things set up properly the right way by somebody who knows. I mean, nurses are so scared to start open these businesses. And then we're like, well, you got to pay legal. And it's like, I got to pay legal. What? Yeah. Like, well, that's what gets around your fear is making sure business is set up properly. So, and, and when I, when I tell people that, you know, when, you know, I talk to them about fees and, and why it's because you're going to stop me. For the next month, yeah. two months, you're going to stalk me. You're gonna, I'm going to have to answer every question. And one of the things I I try to answer the question with the statute or the case law, like right. 
This is what yeah. it says. This is so that you feel comfortable. Somebody's asking you, it's it's right here. It's right here. Right. That's what you right. want to do. You don't want to, you yeah. don't want me to say, uh, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't mm-hmm. make a lot of sense. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I was going to ask you something else. Oh, can you speak to, um, because Kiana and I both say that we start our practices off um, we both started them off as just like the 40, 49%, 51% agreement here in California, but we have since switched our practices over to an MSO model. Um, so do you recommend the MSO model? And um, do, and if so, is there an easy way for you to explain? Because we always try to get into like explaining what it is and it, <laughs> we try to explain legal, but we try to tell our clients like, here's, here's your attorney that we're providing you, go ask them the questions, but they always come back and they're asking us and it's like, we're, we are not the attorney. So we can, but we, we, we work with them for two months after. And it, it seems like on the last call, we're still talking about legal. Yeah. <laughs> we're still talking about how the MSO is like, just make the appointment with the attorneys. They will explain it to you so easily, way better than we can do. So do you like the MSO? Oh my or? goodness. I do MSOs all day. I, okay. I believe in doing MSOs because I feel like they're the safest Yes. model. They, they are the safest in most states. Now, each state has different requirements for percentages and things like that. So that's something that I stress to my clients. It's like, I'm going to tell you what is applicable in your state. I'm not going to tell you what's applicable in someone else's state because someone will quote me California. I'm like, but you're in Texas. This is, right. this, we got to do what Texas says. Don't, don't yeah. start quoting stuff that's not relevant. Yeah. So yes, um, 100%. Uh, ownership. It's a hundred percent ownership. And people are like, Oh my God. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah, guess yeah. what? It is what it is. So, right, right. um, but I, but I, again, I, I just say, just, just get over that. Like, right. Just participate, <laughs> yeah. get over that. Because again, I go back to my boss. If this man can do it. Mm-hmm. Why, why can't you, he's making right. millions where you're complaining about percentages. It, it just doesn't <laughs> make any sense to me. Um, but yes, um, an MSO is, a management service organization. It manages the clinic of someone else's clinic. I kind of fashion it to like um, a very expensive electric bill or water bill. It is a bill to the physician's practice. Now, the amount that is billed is dependent on your state law. Um, for the most part, it's dependent on your state law. You've got a lot of other things that you've got to think about. Because it needs to be within fair market value. It's got to, you know, got to make sure that it passes all the musters of other things. But on a very basic level, it's a very expensive bill to the physician's practice. Now, when you're thinking about ownership, um, an MSO allows you to participate, right? Um, for me, I, I again, I go back to like, if I want to get in, I'm going to do that. Because if I can't, like in Texas, you, you can't get in any other way. I'm not going to, you know, be diddly dallying over, over, I can't own the actual clinic because gosh, there's so many very lucrative MSOs across the country that are not med spas that are just like other private equity, right? Cause private equity does MSOs um, across the country that it just really doesn't make any sense. I always bring up the example of Aspen Dental. Aspen Dental is a DSO. Um, I'm from Illinois. I, I'm, I'm a big sugar head. <laughs> I've been to many Aspen Dentals. They're, they're in Texas. They're in California. Yes, yeah, yes. They're, they're everywhere. It's a multi-million dollar company. So I, in my brain, when people are like, oh, I can't own it, I'm like, well, Aspen Dental's out here making bank. 
being mm-hmm. a DSO all yes. over the country. You can be Aspen Dental for, you know, if you are a good marketer and can really, you know, can really be a good business owner, you can right. adopt the same model. It's it's the yeah. same thing. So yes. Yes. Love that. Love that. Um, so Doris, I want to ask you for the listener, the nurse who is out there, healthcare um, practitioner who is wanting to start a business, um, thinking about it, but just really, um, you know, kind of scared legal wise, what are three tips you would give them to just get over the fear and get started that it's going to be okay? Gosh. Well, I think, um, I always tell my clients, to get a good coach because your attorney is going to help you legalize, right? You're good. If you got a good healthcare attorney, they're going to help you legalize, but they're not designed to help you financially be stable. That's not my job. I tell all my clients that. So getting a good coach is imperative. Like we talked about, you know, vetting that, but honestly, if you get a good healthcare attorney who has an understanding of your state's laws, there's not a lot that you need to worry about as far as, being compliant and getting started. Because the two things you really worry about, am I going to lose my license? And am I going to make money? Your attorney, if they are a good healthcare attorney, are going to make sure that you are following the law to the letter so that you don't lose your license, right? As long as you're not operating outside of your scope. Because an MSO does not allow you to become a surgeon, okay? It doesn't allow you to just do something crazy. So as long as you're not operating outside of your scope, and you are following your state laws for ownership, you're fine. Like I said, finding a great business coach so you can be profitable because you can be good at your job, but you might not be profitable in business. So you need to get someone who knows what they're doing. And that's why I say get that mentorship, get that coach who knows what they're doing. Those two things, I'm like, I feel like you can be successful, right? Like, just do it. Um, in, it's 2023 and we got student loans. We can't be scared. We can't be too scared to make money. So you've got to believe in yourself and to say, you know what, it's it's doable. Um, if other people are making money, why can't you? And I love the example that you gave about you putting yourself out there, you starting your business and somebody clear across the country is is hiring you to come train their staff. That's what happens when you believe in yourself and you put yourself out there in entrepreneurship, that you open yourself in opportunities. The scared nurse is not getting that opportunity, is not making that money. And you know, you're creating a, a void and an opportunity for somebody else because you don't believe in yourself. Someone else is, is taking over and eating into that market share. So, um, so yeah. Great. Those are great. Great tips. Thank you. Um, so where can our listeners reach you, Doris? Where can they find you at? I know you have a, um, you do a lot on TikTok. So I enjoyed um, watching your videos on TikTok. Where can I pe- our people find you and how can they work with you? Okay. So you can find me on my website, dklawg.com. You can find, you can schedule an uh, intake call at dorismeet.com. And you can find me on TikTok on DK Law Group. Um, that's my handler on, on TikTok. So um, I'm always looking to grow and work with more um, providers and really just get people to their dreams. Because like I mm-hmm. always say, like we there, there's no reason that if private equity is getting into med spas because they are yes. and they're really pushing, mm-hmm. you should be getting into it too. Because they're yes. eating up your market share. 
Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, all your information will be linked. You can find her information in the show notes. Um, so please go ahead and leave us a comment how you enjoyed this interview. I thank you so much, Doris, for coming on and speaking to us. You gave you. so much valuable information that um, our listeners can definitely utilize, get inspired by, and hopefully go out and start their own businesses. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so until next time, thank you for listening to the Nurse Boss Shift. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We hope that you had as much fun as we did, and most importantly, got tons of value from this conversation. Post your biggest aha moments and tag us on social. You can find all of our info in the show notes. And if you love the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review. We're so grateful for each and every one of you and cannot wait to see you crush it in your businesses. Talk to you next time.